let me say this first of all. This is not my Christmas sermon, okay? <laughs> but some of those characters, Mary, Joseph, Jesus, it's on people's minds this time of year. So I thought this might be an opportunity to talk about Mary. And the title of the lesson is, Mary, She Said Yes. And we'll get to that in uh, just a moment. I'm going to go ahead and pull up this introduction slide. Oftentimes, Mary is overlooked. And so I would ask you this question, can you tell her story? And then three points we're going to give consideration to this morning. Mary coming into focus. Mary highly favored. And then Mary, her song. Let me ask you, did you even know that Mary had a song? Well, by the time this is over, I think you'll uh, come to see that, yeah, she does have a song. And uh, it's, it's well known. So as we get started this morning, let me ask you this question. Have you ever known someone or maybe knew of them, but you didn't really know them? You saw them. You knew their name, but you didn't really know them. Maybe this was back in school. There was a student that you knew, you knew their name, but you didn't ever really get to know them. Or maybe there was this person at work. You knew them, you knew their name, but you didn't really get to know them. And then somehow along the way, you started talking to this person. And after you started talking to this person, you started to learn something more about them. And you thought, wow, this is a pretty interesting person. And the more you got to know that, you became kind of fascinated by them. You started to like them, and then pretty soon, you start to admire them. Even though at first, you didn't even really know them. I think that's Mary. That person that you didn't really know anything about them, you knew of them, but you didn't know their personality, you didn't know their characteristics, you didn't know their strengths, you didn't know their weaknesses. You just kind of knew of them. But then you came to know them. I think Mary falls into that category. I think a lot of times she does just kind of get overlooked. Oh, Mary, yeah, yeah, I know Mary. (laughs) But there's other Bible characters that you might know and you might be able to say something about. Abraham, he's the father of the faithful. Do you understand that and how that is? Well, how about Mary? She's the mother of God. Do you understand that? And how that works out. How about Moses? He's the one that delivered the law. How about Mary? She gave birth to the lawgiver. So would you put Mary in that category? Oftentimes we don't. And we don't think about her that way. We just kind of know of her. But we don't really know her. And so I thought this morning... It might be an opportunity for us to take a little closer look at Mary. The title of the lesson is Mary, She Said Yes. But I'll ask you once again, do you know when she said yes? And we'll take a closer look at that this morning. Because if you pause for a moment and you take a closer look, you're going to see a young girl that becomes a fascinating woman. And as we come to know her, I think we'll come to be amazed by her. 
So first of all, I want you to turn to the Gospel of Luke. Now, Edwin read from the Gospel of Matthew, and I would just tell you this. Most of what we know about Mary, not all, but most of what we know about Mary, is contained in two Gospels. That's the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke. And it's in the first two chapters, Matthew chapter 1 and 2 and Luke chapter 1 and 2. But there's some other passages we'll take a look at this morning. But a majority of what we know about her comes from that section of Scripture. So, Evan already read from Matthew. I'm going to read from Luke. Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26, down through verse 23. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and will bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, and of his kingdom there will be no end. You know, in all, in all of human history, there is no one that has faced what Mary faced. There is no one that experienced what Mary experienced. We think of Bible characters. And we think of people like Abraham. And we think of Moses and various ones. But have you ever thought along these lines whenever you think of those Bible characters that God interrupted their life? God came into their life and their life was interrupted. Do you know the last couple of days, there have been people who have lost electricity because of the weather. There are some people who have had pipes break because of the weather. And that's such an interruption to my life. <laughs> we say that, and it is. But you think about these Bible characters and you think about how God interrupted their life. Think about Abraham. He's living in Ur of the Chaldees among his family, his relatives, in the land that's familiar to him, and God calls him and says, I want you to leave this land, I want you to leave your home, I want you to leave your uh, relatives to a land that I'm going to show you. You think that's an interruption? <laughs> yeah. And Abraham's life was never the same. And so then we think about Moses. Moses is out there in Midian. He's become a sheep herder. Living a quiet life, peaceful, and then God shows up. I want you to go to Egypt. And at first, Moses is kind of resistant, but God persuades him. You're the one. I've called you. I want you to go. And finally, Moses agrees. His life gets interrupted, and it is never going to be the same. So you think about Mary. Here's a young Jewish girl. And Gabriel shows up. 
Her life is just about to get interrupted. And her life will never be the same again. God calls. You are going to carry the Savior of the world. God calls. That son, he's going to be my king. And he will rule forever. And what's her question? Luke chapter 1 and verse 34 through 38. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Did you get all that? Now I want to just run this back by you just real quick. I want, you to, I want you to think about some of the characters that we were just introduced to. There's Gabriel, an archangel. There's the city of Nazareth. That's kind of important. There's Joseph, because Mary is betrothed. There's Mary, a young Jewish girl. There's God, who has sent this angel. There's going to be a son... And his name is going to be Jesus. So you just got introduced to this young Jewish girl. You know what most scholars say about the age of Mary? A young Jewish girl could become betrothed as young as 13. Most would suggest she was probably a little older than that. She's probably somewhere in the vicinity of 15, 16 years old. I want you to think about that. Let that sink in for just a moment. You know any 15, 16 year old girls and what are they doing these days? (laughs) And Gabriel shows up and says, you have found favor with God. You are going to carry the Savior of the world. You are going to carry God's King. And He will sit on His throne and your Son will rule forever. And what she said? How can that be? It's <laughs> a good question, isn't it? I don't know a man. I've not been with a man. That's what she said. So I want you to hold those thoughts for just a minute. Now this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take those passages from Luke and from Matthew 
and from John and from Acts. And I'm going to run them by you. And if you want a copy, there's a copy right back there. There's an outline of this lesson and all these passages. But what I've tried to do is to set these forth in chronological order for you. So we can take a closer look and we can know Mary's story. And we'll even talk a little bit, not much, (laughs) about those things that Edwin mentioned and about those wise men. What about those wise men? (laughs) You know, there's been a lot of artistic liberty taken over the years as you take a look at those nativity scenes. Have you ever taken a look at that? And there's Mary there, and she's got that little glow around her head like a halo. I don't think it was that way for Mary. Mm Mm-hmm. Nine months pregnant, you travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem on the back of a donkey. (laughs) And I've got a glow around my head. I've got a bursting headache is what I got. (laughs) And there's Joseph and he's standing there and he's looking kind of angelic. And I don't know who that little boy is down there and where he came from. (laughs) And a lot of times, there's those three wise men. Hint, hint, I'm going to tell you something right now. Those wise men were never in that major. They weren't there. <laughs> and I'll cover that in a minute. So I'm going to do my best to kind of lay this story out for you chronologically. But we'll have to do it kind of quickly. Luke chapter 1, 26 through 38. Gabriel comes to Nazareth. Announces to Mary that she's going to have a son. His name will be Jesus. Keep that in mind. He, angel, tells Mary this son, Jesus. That's his name. Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 39 then, down through verse 45, and then 46 through 55. After Gabriel tells Mary that she's going to have a son, she leaves Nazareth, which is up north, and she heads south to the hills of Judea to visit her relative Elizabeth. Which that's a whole story in and of itself, because Elizabeth Zachariah was clearly beyond childbearing years, and she is told, your relative is going to have a son. That's amazing. (laughs) But Mary leaves and goes to see Elizabeth. And she stays there. Three months. Think about that. Because the angel tells it that Elizabeth is in her sixth month. So Mary's going to stay there with her three months. Latter part of chapter 1. That's Mary's song. We'll be back. (laughs) Just kind of hold that thought for a minute. We'll be back. Matthew chapter 1. About 18 through 45. There's an angel. I think possibly it's the same one, Gabriel. But it doesn't say. It says an angel. Comes to see Joseph. And Joseph is told that Mary's going to have a son. 
wait a minute, hold the phone. <laughs> That's my betrothed. In those days and time, being betrothed was equivalent to legally binding agreement between a man and woman. It's not like our engagement. This is like, this is your husband. This is your wife. This is. Now, Mary just left town for three months. Now, there's ladies here, women here, that know a whole lot more about this than I do. But at three months, is there a bump? (laughs) Is there a baby bump? And she comes back to town. What's Joseph thinking? You went away for three months? (laughs) You come back, you're having a baby? This is over. And that's what we're told. Joseph thought about putting her away. And the angel said, don't do that. Because she's been conceived by the Holy Spirit. And so Joseph does it. He was going to secretly put her away because he's a good man and he did not want to humiliate and embarrass her. But the angel says, don't do that. And so Joseph does it. And they stay together. Luke chapter 2 now. Six months later, Caesar Augustus says there has to be a census. So that means Joseph is going to take himself and his betrothed, who is now nine months pregnant, and we're going to Bethlehem because that's where we are registered. And so they travel to Bethlehem. And that's where Jesus is born. Luke chapter 2 also. Here's that most famous story at this time of year. You remember those shepherds out in the field? (laughs) And you remember those angels that are appearing to them? And behold, this day in the city of David, there is a child, a Savior that is born. Angels tell shepherds, go see. And so the shepherds, Go see. And you will find that baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And when they go there, they tell them what they have seen, what they have heard. And they come to see this child. And you know what it says about what Mary was thinking? It says she pondered these things in her heart. Now you think about that. She's been told by Gabriel, you're going to have a son. She goes to see, I should say south, <laughs> Elizabeth. And when Mary walks in, Elizabeth says, Blessed are you among women and, uh, among women and the fruit of your womb. And when I heard your voice, the child leaped in my womb. Now, do you think it's kind of fantastic 
that an angel shows up and tells a teenage girl, you're going to have a baby that's the Savior of the world. He's going to be the king. And she says, let it be to your maidservant as you spoke. She believed it, but don't you think I still think? That's pretty amazing. <laughs> this doesn't happen every day. But yet when she goes to see Elizabeth, these are the words that come out of her mouth. Do you think Mary might be thinking, wow, <laughs> that's something. And then when she comes back to town and Joseph tells her, I, I had this vision. And there was this angel. And he told me, you're having a baby. Remember that name? Jesus? What did Gabriel tell Mary? Your son's name is going to be Jesus. Well, isn't it amazing that that angel told Joseph she's going to have a son and his name is going to be Jesus. Do you think that's just coincidence? Or do you think maybe when Joseph and Mary get together and they're comparing notes and they're talking about these visions and Joseph said, you're going to have a son and his name's going to be Jesus. It's like, that's what I've been trying to tell you. <laughs> and they both share that same story. And then shepherds show up and they say these angels announced that a Savior is born. And we came to see him. And Mary ponders these things in her heart. Isn't that something? Wow. This child I just gave birth to, he may really be something. So, Luke, the second chapter. They're Jewish. Eight days later, you know what you got to do? You got to take that son to the temple. He's going to be circumcised. He's going to be named. And so that's what they did. The days of purification for a woman after she's had a child? 40 days. Offer a sacrifice. You know what poor people do? They offer two pigeons. Joseph and Mary, or two turtle doves. It's a poor family. Follow the circumcision rites. Follow the laws of purification for Mary. Where did Edwin go? Edwin, here's where you come in, brother. So these wise men show up. And they go first to Jerusalem. And they're looking for He who is born King of the Jews. Herod is Herod the Great. This man is cruel. This man is vicious. Any hint at all that his authority is being challenged, he's going to squelch it. And here they come traveling from the east and they say we're looking for He who is born King of the Jews. What? Let me know. And he calls the chief priests 
the religious leaders and said, hey, tell me about this king. Where is he supposed to be born? Well, guess what? The prophets say, Bethlehem. He tells these wise men, when you find him, you come back and tell me about this child that is born king of the Jews. I want to go worship him too. He had no intent of worshiping that child. And so the Magi, the wise men, they travel there. And now, Edwin, it says, when they had come into the house, they didn't come into the manger. But they bring gifts. And they bring gold, and they bring frankincense, and they bring myrrh. Precious commodities in that day and time. Valuable. Given. Because of this child to a poor family. And then they are warned in a dream. Don't go back the same way. And so when they depart, they go another way. They don't go back to see Herod. But when Herod figures that out, now here's the time frame. I know after eight days, Jesus is going to be circumcised. I know after 40 days, Mary's going to have to go through the purification laws. I know that Herod then sends his henchmen to the area of Bethlehem, and he says, you kill every male child two years old and under. Is Jesus now too? I'm not so sure that he is. Is he older than 40 days? I'm pretty confident that he is. Somewhere in that time frame, those wise men have come to visit. And it says they came into the house. They didn't come into the manger. And now Herod says, you kill him. Two years old and under. And what does God tell Joseph? You take that woman, you take that child, and you go to Egypt. Now let me tell you this. A poor family getting ready to travel from Bethlehem to Egypt. Do you think they might have needed a little traveling money? (laughs) Well, isn't it amazing that some wise men came and they brought gold and frankincense and myrrh. Commodities of value. Joseph, you need to cover your travel expenses. God just took care of it for you. Isn't that amazing? So Matthew 2, once again. Joseph has been warned. He has left. And they stay in Egypt till Herod dies. And then he's told, you can return. And so he takes the child and his mother and he heads back. And then he hears that Archelaus is now ruling in the area of Judea, which Bethlehem would be in. 
And he said, don't feel good about settling there. And so where does he go? He goes to Nazareth. And that's where they settle. And we don't hear much else about Mary until Luke, the second chapter, about verses 41 through 52. And Jesus is now 12 years old. Joseph and Mary, being devout Jews, go to Jerusalem to worship. And they take Jesus with them. You remember that story? So after they're there, and they decide that it's time to go back home, and as they depart, and they're traveling with relatives and others back towards Nazareth, then they discover Jesus is not with us. And they start to ask around, has anyone seen him? And they haven't. And so Joseph and Mary head back to Jerusalem, and lo and behold, where did they find him? In the temple. And Mary says, did you not know? That your father and I would be worried about you? And Jesus said, Know ye not that I should be about my father's business? And he had been in the temple discussing with the teachers the law, and they were amazed at his knowledge and his understanding. And when they departed, it says Mary treasured all these things in her heart. Isn't that amazing? She's thinking about these things. And how this child keeps amazing her. This child that she was told is going to be the Savior of the world. This child that she was told is going to be king and sit on the throne and rule forever. My son is going to be the Savior of the world. My son is going to be king. I like that idea. Because you know what? As of lately... We've been living under Roman rule and you talk about a pain in the neck. (laughs) I rode a donkey from Nazareth to Bethlehem when I was nine months pregnant because somebody in Rome said I should do it. Would I like to have my son be king? (laughs) I would love for him to be king. He wouldn't be telling me to ride around on a donkey when I'm nine months pregnant. So after 12 years old, we don't hear much more. And now we go to John, the second chapter. And John chapter 2, verses 1 through 12 is the occasion when Jesus and Mary and some of the disciples go to a wedding in Canaan. And while they are there, it just so happens that the host runs out of wine. Mary goes to Jesus. He's now full grown. He is an adult male. He now has some disciples. She goes to Jesus 
and she tells him what's going on. And what does Jesus say to her? He says, woman, what is that to me and you? That's the way the original language reads. Now, some have suggested that when he says woman, that it's almost like a rebuke to her. That's not right. (laughs) I know some commentaries say that. I would suggest, take a closer look at it. Because that word woman is actually used in some context as a term of endearment. You know, oftentimes we read scripture just like we did in class this morning. We say sometimes we lose the tone, like when we send a text. Well, you know, you lost the tone. Well, in that particular passage, I think we lose the tone. And so we have to look closely at what's going on and who's talking, who they're talking to. And he says, woman, I would have loved to have heard the tone in his voice. I would have loved to have seen the expression on his face. It's a term of endearment. Woman, this is my mother. I know they're out of line. But what's that, what's that to us? He says, because my time has not yet come. It's not time for me to start. But Mary says to the servants, whatever he says, do it. Now, I don't know. But I'm just thinking. He's got to be at least 30 years old. She's been told this is the Savior of the world. He is going to be king. She has been amazed and astounded by him over the years. They are now out of wine and she goes and tells Jesus... Isn't she expecting him to do something? And he says to her, woman. What's that to us? It's not yet my time. Mother. Do you know what's about to happen? If I kick this ministry off. You know what's about to happen? Jesus knew. She didn't know. But what did Jesus do? He turned that water into wine. And John, the one who is recording this, if you know his style, he picks out seven miracles. And they're there to give proof that Jesus was who he claimed to be. And John records, this is the first of signs. And his disciples believed in him. Here we go. Here we go. The next time we see Mary. John, the 19th chapter. You know what it is now? It's the cross. Isn't that interesting? And Mary's standing at the foot of that cross. And Jesus looks down 
And here we go again. He says, woman. Isn't that interesting? It's that same term. Woman. Behold your son. And to that disciple whom he loved, which most everybody agrees is John, the one who's writing that gospel. He says to her, Behold thy mother. And it says from that time forward, he took her into his home. Woman. It's a term of endearment. Behold your son. I can't say this for a fact, but I can say what legend says is that when John traveled all the way to Ephesus, Mary went with him. I think there's some credence to that, and the reason why I say that is this. Because the next time you see Mary after this, it's Acts chapter 1. Isn't that something? And they are in Jerusalem, and they are waiting the day of Pentecost. The mother (laughs) is becoming a disciple. So that's kind of the main scriptures about Mary. So I'm going to have to go through this kind of quickly now for the rest of this. So Mary starts to come into focus, doesn't she? But now then let's back up to that Gabriel visit. In Luke chapter 1, verses 28 through 30, And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God. You, this young Jewish girl, you have found favor with God. And whenever it talks about finding favor with God, it means you have found His grace, you have found His approval, you found His acceptance, you found His blessing. Some of the Old Testament characters that we talked about earlier, Moses, Noah, Joseph, Samuel, they found favor with God. And God extends His favor to humble servants, to God-honoring lives. Those who have piety towards Him, those who worship Him, being in His grace, they found favor. And Mary is now living in that space of found favor. Highly favored. Now think about that. Young Jewish girl being told that you're going to become pregnant even though you're not yet completely, fully 
married, you are betrothed. You are highly favored. What do you think a young teenage Jewish girl running around pregnant in that community is going to become in that society? You may be highly favored with God. You're going to become highly unfavored among your own people. You think there were any whispers? You think there was any scandal? Do you think there were any condemning words hurled in her direction? She said she's never been with anybody. But she's pregnant. But the angel tells her twice, not just once. She's found favor with God. And in Luke 1 and verse 34, Mary says, how can this be? She may be young, but she ain't stupid. You know what this means to me? Living in this society, being a part of this community, I go for away for three months and show back up pregnant. She's from Nazareth. We talked about that earlier. Nazareth was a little poor, unknown town. She's a poor Jewish girl from the wrong side of the tracks. And the angel is saying, You're young, you're Jewish. You're a virgin. Your family doesn't have any money or influence. But you're devout. You're just the girl we're looking for. So what do you say? See, what we need to understand is this. She was favored. And whenever you're favored... With God, you know what that means? Get ready, He's going to wreck your life. Abraham, get away from your home. Get away from your land. Get away from your people. I'm going to change your life. Moses, you're found favored. Now I'm going to wreck your world. I'm going to wreck your peace. I'm going to wreck your sleep. I'm going to wreck your friendships. I'm going to wreck your family. I'm going to wreck every inch of your life. Mary, you're the one that's going to carry the Savior of the world. You're going to carry my King. You have found favor. You've been living in that favor. And now I'm calling on you. Can you still live in that favor? Can you do it, Mary? Verse 38. Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. 
You know what she just said? She just said yes. She just said yes. One writer put it this way in verse 34 when she said, how can this be? He said, there's a hint of fear in those words. Because Mary knows what this means. He went on to say, I know why Mary is afraid. It's not because an angel is coming. It's because the angel's already there. And the angel is telling her what she's being called to do. And the angel is asking, Are you in? Are you in, Mary? And she says, I'm in. You're going to face a harsh world. You're going to face a harsh world religiously. You're going to face a harsh world socially. And she says, let it be to me according to your word. You know what? When she said yes, a lot of times when we think about a young lady having a child, you know what kind of comes to our minds? There's a bunch of friends that gather around and give her hugs and words of encouragement. Oh, it's so good. You think that's what happened to Mary? When a young woman announces, I'm having a baby, we'll plan the shower. <laughs> we'll get some of those special little cookies, you know. <laughs> you think that's what happened to Mary? Huh. When she said yes, you know what that meant? She was running the risk of being stoned. At minimum, ostracized. Religiously, socially outcast. And what about Joseph? He would have had a right to put her away, but the angel said, don't do that. And you know what Joseph said? I'm in too. <laughs> and he stayed with her. Her yes forced him to make some tough decisions. I'm in, Mary. We're in it together. You think that was encouragement for Mary? Do you think Elizabeth was encouragement for Mary? Do you think when they went to the temple and Simeon said what he had to say about that child, when Anna said what she had to say about that child, do you think that was encouragement to Mary? Do you think when those shepherds showed up when Jesus was born, do you think that was encouragement to Mary? When Gabriel came to Nazareth and Mary said yes, God already knew what he was going to do. <laughs> and he was encouraging her along the way. Because she was going to face some tough things. Because when they took Jesus to the temple to have him circumcised, Simeon said, the Lord has already revealed to me that I will not die until I see the Lord's Christ. 
and he saw him. But you know what he said to Mary? He is destined for the rise and fall of many in Israel. And a sword will pierce your soul. Mary. So Gabriel comes. And he tells Mary you're going to have a child. And Mary says yes. And her world, her life is going to be interrupted. So as you take a look at that, you have to stop and think. She says, how can this be? Do we ever ask that question? How can this be? (laughs) You want me to become a Christian that will interrupt my whole life? How can this be? Yeah. I want to change your life. I want to change your friends. I want to change your relationships. I want to change your thinking. That's how this can be. You want me to give up my time, my energy, my money to support this cause. How can this be? Yeah. That's what he's asking. You want me to put you, God, Before anything or anyone. How can this be? Yeah. What is that? So Mary is told. That she's going to have a son. And he will be the savior of the world. She's going to have a son. And he's going to be the king. Another writer put it this way. He said that when God calls, it often comes with two edges. One edge is great joy. The other edge is great pain. Are you in? Now I've held on to this to the very end. So I want to read it to you now. This is what is referred to as Mary's song. It's in Luke, the first chapter, beginning at verse 46. This time of year, you hear a lot of silly songs. You know that? (laughs) Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. (laughs) Frosty the Snowman. Think about this song. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. For He has regarded the lowly state of His maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. This was Mary's response when she went to see Elizabeth. And Elizabeth had said, Blessed are you among among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And Mary responded in verse 56, 
And Mary remained there about three months and then returned to her house. That's Mary's story. So in John 19, she's at the foot of the cross. But in Acts chapter 1, she's in Jerusalem. Now I want you to just think about this. I'm going to close with this thought. She's at the cross. Three days later, somebody came and told her, Mary, the tomb is empty. Mary, he's alive. She's in Jerusalem. She's waiting. Wouldn't you like to have been there the day that Jesus' mother was baptized? Young Jewish girl, amazing woman, and a disciple of her son. Her son said, Unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Her son said, Unless you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Her son said, Confess me before men, and I will confess you before my Father which is in heaven. Her son said, He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. I'll leave it there. And that's the invitation for any that are all here this morning. If we can help you in any way, make the relationship right with the Lord, we invite you to come while together we stand and while we sing.